Welcome to The Power Within Her. On this podcast, we're all about seeking self-empowerment to live a life that makes us excited. My name's Megan. I'm a nerdy and super enthusiastic writer and professor with a PhD in English. Together, we'll get intentional by embracing the power of critical thinking and personal growth to achieve those dreams on our hearts. Let's break free of societal expectations, create new stories that serve us, and have some fun with the process of growing into the type of women who embrace the incredible power and potential within ourselves. Are you excited? Let's do this. girlfriend. Welcome to the second episode in our self-doubt series. If you missed last week's episode, do not you worry. It's linked below for you in the show notes and you can check it out when you have a chance. Um, But in that first episode, we defined self-doubt and we chatted about how mistakes can trigger feelings of self-doubt. And then in this episode, we're going to dive into how self-doubt can also stem from overthinking. And the reason (laughs) you can probably hear my friend's dog, he's at my feet squeaking on a ball, but it's fine. Um, So (laughs) I don't even know what I was saying. Um, The reason. So the reason that we are diving, Amos, you got to stop, buddy. (laughs) The reason we're diving into this series on self-doubt is because I put up a poll on Instagram like we talked about last week and so many women, maybe maybe you, voted saying, yes, Megan, <laughs> self-doubt is something that I am 100% struggling with right now. And then overthinking, which is what we're talking about today, was the number one voted topic and the number one cited reason for why so many women are doubting themselves right now. And man, oh man, do I feel that. (laughs) I also know from personal experience that when you're caught in that web or that riptide of self-doubt and you're just in a tough season where there's a lot of self-doubt, you're like, what the hell, man? Like, why is this happening? It can feel so lonely and so frustrating. So my intention with this entire self-doubt series is to just extend a giant hug to you my friend and to remind all of us that we are not alone in our triggers and our feelings that lead to self-doubt and honestly I I want all of us to leave each episode feeling seen and feeling heard and supported with some mindset shifts and some tactical solutions to navigate these moments or seasons of self-doubt so thank you so much for being here just know that I I feel you I see you and I'm so grateful for you so Now let's get into it. Let's talk about overthinking. And of course, you know (laughs) that we've got to start with a good old definition. So according to an article that I read by Stephanie Anderson Whitmer, overthinking, like quote, I'm reading a quote (laughs) from the article, overthinking is when you repetitively dwell on the same thought or situation over and over to the point that it disrupts your life. And it usually falls into two categories, ruminating on the past and worrying about the future. So that's the end of the quote. (laughs) Um, And then later on in the article, she goes on to list a bunch of other more specific aspects of overthinking, kind of like the different ways that it can show up for people, right? And so I'm going to read you that list as well. So she says that overthinking can also be imagining worst case scenarios, repeatedly replaying something bad that happened in the past, spending lots of time thinking negative thoughts about the past or the future, thinking about something so much that you have the that you have difficulty concentrating on anything else, continuing to think about a situation when you've already identified reasonable solutions, and last but not least, 
being unable to move on to the next important issue because you keep ruminating on the same problem. And so thinking about the definition I read just a little bit ago and then the list of how overthinking could manifest for different people, to me what overthinking boils down to is control, right? It boils down to control. So by continuing to think about certain situations or things that we said after an interaction or like in a meeting or like whatever, right? Or by spiraling down to the worst case scenario or continuing to obsess about a problem and a solution when everybody else has moved on, we are trying to control other people's perceptions of us or we're trying to control the outcome of a situation. And This is a huge pain in the butt for us as the overthinker because it causes a lot of anxiety and inaction and honestly just not feeling confident in our abilities, which then leads to the self-doubt rolling in like fog on the moors of Britain, right? And I don't know if you connect to this or not, but when I tend to overthink, I find myself saying or thinking things like, I shouldn't have said that at that meeting. (laughs) Everyone will think I'm stupid or I don't know if this is right or not or I did feel good about XYZ but now I'm not so sure or why didn't I do XYZ? I should have done that or I shouldn't have done that. Now XYZ terrible thing is gonna happen, right? And so basically it's it's a giant judgmental conga line <laughs> in my head of shoulds and shouldn'ts and fear that I didn't do or say the right thing and immediately jumping to the absolute worst possible case scenario. Like when it comes to overthinking, that's where I typically dwell <laughs> is jumping to the worst possible case scenario. Um So for example, I want to share um, something here with you. So just last night, I found myself dwelling on a situation that happened on Thursday and Friday of this last week. And long story, I can't even talk. (laughs) Amos, why are you being a problem? (laughs) You're so cute. So long story short, last, um, where even was I? I've totally lost my train of thought. Um, I went to the doctor last Thursday because I needed a refill on a prescription medication that I need to take for a couple of months. And the doctor said that she would call on the prescription. It was an appointment that I had after school, so it was kind of later um, in the day, right? But she said she would still call on the prescription. And I was really happy. Like, I was really freaking happy with how she treated me and just the treatment plan. And I had so much more clarity than I did before I went in, right? I hope that makes sense. Um, But But I left in like really high spirits, really good spirits, because I hate going to the doctor. (laughs) Like I know on the podcast I've talked about I hate going to the dentist, but like I think I hate the doctor worse than the dentist. I would prefer the dentist. Um, But yeah, so I, I, I left feeling good, right? But then that Thursday, when I got to the pharmacy, the the people at the pharmacy were like, sorry, the the doctor, the nurse practitioner, whatever, she hasn't called in the medication yet. And there's nothing we can do. And by that point, of course, the hospital is closed because, <laughs> again, I, I'm a teacher. I can't go to the doctor during the day. I have to do everything after school. So anything basically from like 3.45 on in the day, that's my window um, for doing things, right? And so the the pharmacy people are like, there's nothing we can do. Like we can't get you this medication because she hasn't confirmed that you need it. And I was like, man, are you freaking serious? I was so upset. And so of course, I panicked right then and there on the spot, total panic. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, 
if I don't have, like, if I don't get my hands on this medication, it could lead to some seriously excruciating pain. Like, go to the ER kind of pain (laughs) because it's that bad and it's happened to me twice before, right? So my first thought was this worst case scenario thought where I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to end back up in the freaking ER for the third time in a matter of five months because I don't have this medication. And right, so like worst case scenario (laughs) situation um, I, I went to, right? Well, so that's Thursday. So I wake up fine on Friday morning. No pain. We're all good. It's awesome. I feel really excited about this, right? But I'm also kind of like, ooh, like I feel like I'm a little bit lucky. (laughs) So I get to school on Friday and I call the doctor's office on my lunch break, urging them to freaking call the prescription in, right? And I get these bunch of promises. Oh, I promise I will. They take a note, all this stuff, right? And I felt good about it. So I called again after school just to make sure that they got the prescription in because I really wanted and needed (laughs) the prescription for the weekend, right? And at this point, I haven't taken the medicine I need since Wednesday and it's Friday, right? And so, you know, and I'm supposed to be on this this medication for like two or three, four months. Good grief. Two to three more months. There we go. (laughs) And what happens, right? What happens when I call the second time on that Friday? The receptionist tells me, that the doctor's super busy and just hasn't gotten to it yet, which I can semi-understand, right? (laughs) Didn't really understand in the moment, but now, I mean, like, now that I've had some distance from it, I can understand because as a teacher, there are some things that, um, you know, some matters that come into my inbox and I do need to attend to them, but I've got other things that I need to do that take more precedence than others, right? So, like, it just, it's a thing. Like, I can semi-understand how the doctor would be, super busy and just hadn't gotten to it yet, right? But because we were headed into the weekend, (laughs) I was like, oh, like this should have been taken care of, right? Like you should have had this taken care of on Thursday. This is getting to be ridiculous, right? And so because I was frustrated and scared, honestly, like of the pain that could happen if I don't get my hands on this medication, my brain jumped to the worst case scenario again. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, I am going to end up in the ER again with excruciating pain for the third time, only this time Roger isn't here because he's away for the weekend, right? This is just going to be a total freaking disaster. And the time, like the day, like in real time right now that I'm speaking these words (laughs) and we're having this conversation, um, it's currently Sunday. So everything started on Thursday, right? And now it's Sunday and I've been okay. (laughs) There's been lots and lots of fear, but there's been no pain, no ER visits, no disasters. But last night, so Saturday night, hopefully you're following this crazy timeline in my crazy story right now. But so last night was Saturday night and I was cuddling in bed with my friend's dog because I'm dog sitting for her. And I found myself thinking obsessively about all that I've been through this week with this stupid medication (laughs) that I need but haven't had a chance to get yet because the doctor won't freaking call it in, right? And how frustrating it is, but also how much this situation has caused me to dwell in that negative place and to honestly doubt my ability to be able to advocate for myself. And that's hard, (laughs) right? And I know that that was a really super long, winding, crazy story. But if you're an overthinker, I, I would be willing to bet that you know what I'm talking about, 
right? And even if you haven't been in the exact situation that I've been in, I'm sure that you can connect to the emotions behind this crazy story (laughs) that I just told you, right? The point is that when we struggle with overthinking, it is tough and it is so easy to spiral down and to go to those worst case scenarios and to think shoulda, woulda, couldas about everything. Coulda said this, shoulda said that, blah, 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 right? It's so easy to second guess every decision and that all of that can lead to all kinds of self-doubt about who we are and our ability to do big and small things. If you listen to this podcast, I'd be willing to bet that you're a big reader like me. I have read hundreds of books in my life and I bet you have too. And we both know (laughs) that there's nothing like the feeling of reading a good book. One that just keeps you up a hair past the time that you quote unquote should have gone to bed, right? Getting swept up in a story like that is truly the best. So if you are looking for your next good read, I have totally got your back. My publishing company, PWH Publishing, has just released our second book. It's a young adult novel with adult themes called The Hearts We Keep. The author's name is Haley McMillan. She and I actually grew up in the same small town in rural Minnesota, which is actually where the story takes place. And if you like romance triangles and suspense and a red-headed protagonist who is trying to find herself in this crazy world, you are going to want to get your hands on a copy of Haley's book. But don't take it from me, my friend. Take it from complete strangers who purchased Haley's book and loved it so much that they left reviews on Amazon. So the first review by CB123 says, I really enjoyed reading this. I rarely leave reviews, but I had to for this one. The characters are carefully developed and the plot is captivating. Annie, the protagonist, is so relatable and you share the range of emotions in this coming-of-age novel. I can't wait to dive into more books by this talented author. And then another review by J.A. Powers said, This is a wonderful book about the joys and pains of growing up and finding yourself. Having grown up in Minnesota, I loved the local characters. Can't wait for more from this author. Oh my gosh, my friend. These reviews make me so happy because Haley and I worked our butts off (laughs) to create a book that so many people would enjoy. The Hearts We Keep is truly the kind of story that takes you through a roller coaster of emotions. So if you are truly in the mood for a really good book and you want to support a debut author and my publishing company and our mission to amplify women's voices because our stories, experiences, and everything we are matters. I invite you to check out the link in the show notes and to share it with all of your friends. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for your support. And now let's dive back into today's episode. Even though overthinking can lead to all kinds of self-doubt about who we are and our ability to do the things that we want to do, we can't stay there, right? And I know it's hard. I know it's so much easier said than done. (laughs) Trust me, I am experiencing this in real time with my health. But truly, we cannot stay in that place, right? So the question becomes, how can we empower ourselves through those overthinking situations? And I want to share a couple of things that are working for me. So number one, control what you can. Because overthinking is predominantly about control, like we talked about earlier, so trying to control other people's perceptions of us or the outcome of a situation, focusing on what I and we (laughs) 
actually can control and what is actually within my control or within our control has been a game changer for me. So for example, I can't control the fact that the doctor didn't do her job and call in the prescription. That's in the past and there is nothing anybody can do about it. Not me, not her, nobody. Basically what's done is done, right? However, Monday, (laughs) which is tomorrow, Um, as of the time that I'm recording this episode, is in the future, right? It's Sunday today, Monday tomorrow. I can't control the past. I can't what I can't control what happened on Friday or Thursday, (laughs) but I can control what I can do tomorrow, right? Because it hasn't happened yet. And you best believe (laughs) I am going to write out exactly what I want to say, exactly as I want to say it. And I'm going to call the hospital on my lunch break tomorrow at school. And I am not going to get off that line until they fill that prescription. Because, you know, I I deserve it, right? I deserve that prescription. And I know that this is not a life or death situation. And I know that so many other people have it so much worse than me. But there's still a lot on the line for me. And my health matters too, right? So the point is that... You can't control the past, but you can control how you act and what you say and what you believe going forward. So really, really lean into what you can control. And that brings me to number two, which is to compassionately question our thoughts. And I know, (laughs) I know my friend that this might not be what you want to hear, especially if you are a chronic overthinker, because those overthinking thoughts that we have, the should'ves and the shouldn'ts, the spiraling down, the paralyzing inability to make a decision, the obsessing over a situation, all of that seems so locked in and so impossible to overcome, right? And we can get stuck there and then we doubt our ability to move on or we doubt our ability to break out of those worry spiral second guessing cycles, right? But we can work on getting ourselves unstuck and out of those cycles by questioning the thoughts that we're thinking in a way that is compassionate and self-empowering, right? Our thoughts can seem like such finite truths sometimes, especially when it comes to thinking about our abilities or our performances or what we said or we did, right? But the fact of the matter is that we can choose to not let our negative thoughts become our capital T truths, right? So for example, one of the overthinking thoughts that I had (laughs) on Thursday night when the pharmacy said that there was nothing that they could do, they're just like, go home, no medication for you. (laughs) I was kind of like, like standing there in front of them, just completely disbelieving, just like bubbling with rage, right? And all I said was like, okay, and I left. (laughs) Um, And when I got home, I was furious with myself. I was like, why did I do that? I should not have done that. I should have pushed them for solutions. I am such an idiot right? That's exactly where my brain went, along with spiraling all the way down to the bottom of the barrel, <laughs> um, thinking I was going to end back up in the in the ER, right? So instead of calling myself an idiot or feeling shame for what I did not do in that situation, I chose, and believe me, it was so hard, <laughs> I chose to reframe the entire situation by asking myself two questions. Number one, are my thoughts in this moment actually realistic and are my thoughts kind? So considering that I have never been in a situation like that before where the pharmacy couldn't deliver or the doctor just forgot to do their job and call in a prescription for me, I honestly truly felt like I did do the best 
that I could. Um, I went to the pharmacy twice. I called the hospital twice. (laughs) And, you know, after doing those two things, doing my due diligence there, I've been doing my due diligence at home. I've been eating as good as I possibly can to prevent a flare-up, right, when I'm not on that medication. So I am not an idiot. I am learning. I am taking care of myself to the best of my ability. So my point is that we are responsible for the thoughts that we think. And a situation might make us feel like an idiot (laughs) or cast doubt on our abilities, right? And in my case with this um, health example, it's casting doubt on my ability to be able to advocate for myself. But we do not have to accept those nasty thoughts as reality. It is up to us and only us to choose new thoughts. So I realized when I got home, my thoughts were not realistic and they were not kind. So I was like, okay, as hard as it is, because all of these nasty thoughts seem like capital T truth. I know they're not. So we got to reframe them. We got to get new ones, right? And it's hard to do that. So we have to consciously um, really prompt ourselves to do that. We have to want to choose new thoughts, right? Again, it is up to us and only us to choose new thoughts. And last but not least, number three. So I don't know about you, but when I am stuck in an overthinking web, I tend to want to hide it. It's as though it's something to be ashamed about. Or if I share that I'm stuck or spiraling or second guessing something, that I'm somehow a burden. And so I found that when I decide to be brave and to stop hiding and to choose to be honest with someone else that I trust, obviously, right, um, with a raw and vulnerable version of myself, it helps to share the overthinking situation with that person outside of my own head. We almost have this bias against ourselves. And when we share what we're going through with someone else, we can get their perspective on the situation and they can help us to be kinder to ourselves and to problem solve, which is super freaking cool. So for example, when I formulated my plan for um, tomorrow in regard to calling the hospital for a third time (laughs) to get them to hopefully fill my prescription, I started to second guess what I wanted to say. Um, So instead of (laughs) staying there with those self-doubting thoughts and causing myself a whole lot of unnecessary anxiety, I simply voice memoed a friend and I was like, hey, (laughs) here's the situation. Here's what I want to say. What do you think? And so I got her perspective and it was really, really helpful. It grounded me. It brought me back to myself. And I was like, dang, (laughs) hearing the perspective of someone that I know and that I trust was so helpful, especially because this situation with the hospital that I am navigating is tricky. And I really need to find a way to communicate my frustration with the level of care that I've experienced while showing compassion for them at the same time, right? Because I know that healthcare workers are burnt out and they're struggling too. So my point is an outside perspective on what we are thinking and navigating can serve as a beautiful sounding board that can help us to stop doubting and to get unstuck and to take that action that we really need and want to take. So those are the things that are helping me in real time to navigate a overthinking situation. And again, those things were number one, control what you can. Number two, compassionately question your thoughts. And number three, talk it out.
And I know, I know my friend, (laughs) that overthinking it can be a beast, but we do have the power and potential within us to navigate it. We are so much more capable than we give ourselves credit for. So to officially close out this episode here today, the second episode in our self-doubt series, um, I just, I, I hope and I pray that you heard something that resonated with you. And if you did, I would love it. It would be so meaningful to me if you could either take a screenshot of this episode right now. Of course, if it's safe, like if you're driving, do it later. <laughs> but take a screenshot of the episode, put it into your Instagram story, and tag me with your takeaways. When you do that, you are helping to make the podcast even more visible to more women. I know that when I see my own friends put screenshots of books or podcasts or TV shows that they like, I am so much more inclined to actually go check them out too. So if you share the episode, we can invite more women to link arms with us and to grow with us. Or if social media is not your thing, I totally get it. You could also rate and review the podcast. So if you're listening to this episode on Apple or Spotify, there is a place at the bottom of the screen, at least I know there is with Apple, (laughs) um, where you can click um the five stars like so you can like rate it and then you could write a couple of uh sentences or words about what you love about the podcast and when you do that the algorithm season it. it's like oh hey cool people are vibing with this show and then you also increase the visibility of the podcast again so that more women can listen in and grow with us thank you so much for being here my friend i love you i'm so grateful for you I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and we will chat again soon. Bye.